I'm doing well. I'm glad you are out of health and safety protocols. I figured, you know, that was the best way to describe it was health and safety protocols. Cause I mean, you know, it just, it fits. It's the theme of what's going on. It's what's happening, but we are glad that you are healthy. Everything is all good. And you know, we got no problems. Listen, we're ready to talk about the NBA and what's happening in this crazy, crazy topsy turvy season. Heck yes, we are. And before we jump into it really quick, want to thank the guys from the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, Brian and Dexter for filling in last week. And of course, all of our friends, all the crew, all the guys that jumped in and helped us out in my place. So appreciate you guys. Go give them a follow. Go give them a listen. And uh, Gerard, really quick, uh, love the prize packs. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Because we used to do that at the Knicks. Um, <laughs> so listen, we, we, we had to. We had to make sure that we put the prize picks out there, let people know. Sign up for that code. It's seven footer. You get up to your first hundred dollars matched. There's some good bets out there. Later on in today's a segment that's coming up, America's favorite segment. What's up with? I want to talk about a bet that you guys can make that's going to be really good for you. So stay tuned for that. Yes, can't wait, and we're excited again to be part of the Prop Network and. They got our back. We got theirs. It's been fun. So let's have a good year. So let's jump into it, though, because 2022 is looking a little bleak for the Nets. Kyrie Irving came out, and of course, you guys know that he is a part-time player with the Nets due to his unvaccinated status in the state of New York. So he came out and said that he is standing foot on the gas, lead foot on the gas, with his vaccination status and his, his decision not to receive a vaccine against COVID-19, and that is not going to change his mind, even with the recent injury of Kevin Durant, who's out four to six weeks with that knee sprain. So talk to me, Gerard, about this, because again, you watch these Nets very closely and cover them. What's going on and how how crucial is this to the Nets' future, at least in the short term for the next four to six weeks without Kevin Durant? Yeah, Jenna. So if you're looking at the next four to six weeks, the Nets are going to be on the road for 14 of their next 17 games, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that range. Okay, here's the beauty of that. The beauty of that is, is that Kyrie Irving can play in road games, right? So in many ways, this whole Kevin Durant being injured uh, with the sprained medial collateral ligament, it's helpful that it's so many road games coming up, because that means Kyrie will be eligible. Now, of course, we know he cannot play in Toronto, and of course, he cannot play uh, in New York at Madison Square Garden, but he can play all the other road games. So with, again, the Nets having the bulk of the games while Durant is going to be out, and it's look at, if you look at six weeks, six weeks puts us right after the All-Star break. That's February 27th, I believe. That's Sunday or Monday. So if Durant misses six weeks as predicted again Kyrie Irving will be able to play in the majority of those road games and that shouldn't affect the Nets too much however it is Kyrie who knows it's his topsy-turvy season things can get crazy but if you're a Nets fan that is a silver lining you're looking for and the other thing here Jenna this is the we're at the halfway point of the season right now right guys are getting tired and you can see it right 
Kyrie only played in like three games. He ain't tired. You know what I mean? So if, if anybody's in a good spot, it's him because he doesn't have the wear and tear on his legs right now. So he can probably push it and go into overdrive a little bit. Right. And just to uh, reflect on some of the comments that he did make that I found interesting, you know, he did say that he is, quote, rooted in his decision. Nothing is going to sway him. And he even mentioned the Kevin Durant situation right now. And this was interesting. He said, quote, I just know that I'm protected by the organization. I'm protected by my teammates. I'm protected by all the doctors I've talked to. And I just stand rooted. So this is a a quote to me that is interesting because he's stating right now, before the narratives even come out, that the team's got me, my teammates have me. So is this his way of kind of trying to silence that, those assumptions maybe that, hey, you're still choosing to do this. And for those who saying maybe this isn't the best decision for the team. Yeah, you know, I think what, what he's doing here, Jenna, is pretty much letting everybody know that I'm not getting the vaccine, right? The injury to Kevin Durant, all things happening in the season are not enough things to change his mind. Uh, if you listen closely to those comments that he made after the game on Monday night, he said, what are we talking about here? He's like, I'm not bringing science into basketball. I respect everybody else's decision as it relates to what they want to do with their bodies, but I've already made this decision as it has to do with my life as a human being away from basketball. He's like, basketball is great. I enjoy playing, but I'm not going to let basketball dictate something I do for my personal health. And again, whether or not you agree with Kyrie, I happen to disagree with him because I think it is smart to get vaccines for all the reasons we've laid out on this show and many others. But he is standing in his convictions, right? So his point is, whatever's happening in basketball, that's basketball. Yes, that is part of my life, but that is not my entire life, right? And that's something Kyrie's always talked about, Jenna, is this idea of we are more than just ball players. Our lives have more going on in them besides this basketball. Yes, important. I'm going to do the best that I can, but ultimately I have to live my life larger and away from this game. And the question then becomes, well, Kyrie, you know, part of like being on a team and being, and being part of an organization is sacrificing and giving of yourself for the greater good, right? So that's an area where you can see like, okay, you, we agree. It is a personal decision. And yes, you have a life outside of basketball, but you are part of a larger team and a larger group. And you making this decision impacts your teammates and your team. But Kevin Durant and James Harden have said they are not going to be telling him to get the vaccine. They're not doing any of that. So he says what he says. This is what it is. And this is where they're at. All right. Well, Here's where we are. Kyrie's not going to get the vaccine. He's going to remain a part-time player with the Nets, and they don't seem to be veering away from that decision, of course, as well, which in the beginning of the season, let's note that they said they wouldn't go with him being a part-time player. So interesting there. Anyway, reality of situation, the Nets are 27 and 15. They're, what, a half game behind the Bulls for the number one Mm -hmm. seed in the East? I can't believe I just said those words, but here we are. (laughs) But really... That's the reality of the situation. So the next four to six weeks, the Nets are feeling optimism on the timeline for KD. If he comes back in those six weeks, that brings you to what, February 27th? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the All-Star break. How do mm-hmm. the Nets stay afloat with this next stretch? It's a significant 19 games. And yes, of course, Kyrie can play. But is that enough if James Harden is having an off night? And hey, that's granted if... Uh, Kyrie would rest in those games, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're dead on there, Jenna. Look, 
I think he will be enough to have Kyrie for those games, and he's going to have to play like how he played on Monday night. If you saw that game, they lost. Kyrie kind of, he scored 20 points in the third quarter, right? He looked like all-NBA level Kyrie. If he's doing that and Harden is playing at the level he's been playing at lately, that'll be enough. The thing that's interesting here, Janet, is, is that like no team in the East has really separated themselves as far as running away with running away with the pack, right? Everybody's bunched in, and we'll get to the Eastern Conference in a minute. So I think, look, they, I think the Nets can weather the storm, and it's also big for them right now because the young guys are going to get playing time. Kessler Edwards, Dayron Sharp, Cam Thomas, David Duke Jr. These guys have to get playing time, Jenna, because they're going to matter come postseason, right? Now, they're not going to play big minutes, of course, because we know if healthy, the big guys are playing their minutes. But the Nets have to know what they have in those guys. And again, as I said before, you can't play Durant, Harden, and Irving 48 minutes every game. So in the moments when they're sitting, can Dayron Sharp give you three minutes off the bench and you not lose anything? Can uh, Dayron, uh Kessler Edwards do the same thing? Can Cam Thomas do the same thing? These are the questions the Nets are going to have to figure out and answer while that while uh, Kevin Durant's out and while Kyrie Irving is playing part-time. Right, right. And let's talk quick about seeding because, again, it's an interesting race in the East because, like I said, the Nets are half game behind the Bulls. And then, of course, you have the Heat climbing back up there into playoff contention. So, and then you have Cleveland right underneath the Nets, sandwiched in between the Bucks. Talk to me about this because the playoff picture in the East is going to be interesting to say the least. And this this injury situation with the Nets is interesting because look how far they've slipped. And again, mere two spots, but look how far they've slipped and how much it's interchanging in the East. Yeah, Jenna, you are dead on here with that. Look, six teams are within two and a half games of the number one seed, all right? That is Chicago Bulls, Miami Heat, Brooklyn Nets, um, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, everybody within two and a half games. As I said, no one has run away with this yet. So in a way, the Nets are kind of in okay shape because had somebody really got out to like a five, six game lead, okay, and everybody was, was bunched up together, you might have some problems. But it's looking like this is going to be where, where it's, where it's going to live for the majority of the season. I don't think anyone's going to get a six, seven game lead over the rest of the pack. It's going to be pretty jumbled up. So if they can maintain where they are and stay within a game, a game and a half, even two games of that top spot until Durant gets back, they're going to be in excellent shape. Because look, Jenna, for the Nets, and you know this and I've said it before, what they're banking on is, is that come April 15th when the playoffs begin, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are healthy. That's because their thing is, when if that is the case, we don't think any team in the league can beat us four times out of seven. Right. Like, and they may have a point. We don't know because we haven't seen it, but the Nets last year, not, not a full team were the only squad to beat the eventual champion Milwaukee Bucks three times in the postseason. Right. The only team to beat them three times, everybody else lost in six or fewer. Right. The Nets took them to seven. And that was with literally one superstar playing every minute. So imagine if all three are available, what they can do. That's what they're banking on Jenna. And you know, look, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's hope so. I mean, we don't have to talk about it, but those rumors about James Harden being open to uh, some moves, you never know. You never know. But speaking of moves, because the Chicago Bulls are number one in the East right now and on fire with the lead of DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, uh, Lonzo Ball, that whole squad, I named those three because do they need to make a move or do they need to add pieces? What are they? Can they contend? 
say against a healthy net team. Yeah, so it's tough, Jenna, right? Like that, I love what the Bulls are doing. I want to be clear about that. What I worry about is come playoff time, do they have enough guys that can create and get their own shot, right? I feel like they're a wing player short. DeRozan's great, and Levine's been doing some good stuff, but is that enough? Like, you know, and again, if you're playing against Milwaukee or Miami, right, is that enough offense? Yeah, you got Vooch, but I'm talking about a guy who can just go out and get his. And that's the that's the playoffs, Jenna. You know that. That skill in the postseason becomes such a valued commodity because defenses are so much better. You don't get to play Orlando and these other bottom-feeding teams, Detroit. Like, no, 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 none of those. You don't get to play those teams in the playoffs. It's only good teams now. And it's going to be teams that scout you, that know all your plays and what you want to run. And sometimes, hey, man, you got to just throw the ball to some dude and he got to get a bucket. Okay. Uh, how how confident are we in all the Bulls guys or how many Bulls guys the Bulls have to do that? So it'll be interesting to see. But I think I think Chicago's legitimate. They're, they're a good team. They may make a move. What? I don't know what they can do. Look, the other thing, too, is Caruso's coming back from injury. And he's not that piece. He's helps them on the defensive end. But – they may think that, look, we're good enough. We're going to stand pat. We think DeRozan and Levine are enough of the guys who can go get their own, and we'll rely on our defense. And, you know, they, they may be right. I'm super happy for DeMar DeRozan on another note. You know me. I love a good feeling, love a good narrative. <laughs> and I just think that he needed that. He needed a good spot to land in after, you know, separating from Kyle Lowry. So, that's been good for him. I'm really glad the Bulls are having success. I think they're a fun team to watch. Definitely lead pass team, as we say mm-hmm. on this show. But let's shift gears and go to a little warmer weather in the West because <laughs> we got to talk about the Lakers, although they're not exactly red hot right now because Frank Vogel is reportedly holding on to his job by a thread. And that is according to a new report by The Athletic that says he is basically on a game-to-game base base of being evaluated by the Lakers organization. And there are reports that he, this report says that he might not have control of the locker room. That's what they're questioning right now. And apparently after that blowout, uh, what was that, a 37-point loss Mm -hmm. to the Nuggets? To the Nuggets, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, After that one, that's when the Lakers were like, wait, 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 what's going on here? And then the next uh, two nights later on Monday or Tuesday, I'm sorry, today's Tuesday. Two days later, anyway, they played um, against the Jazz, and let's say that they it was a 360 or 180, as the kids say. Again, you know I don't do math, but that game was apparently the game that the Lakers organization was determining on Vogel's job moving forward. So interesting there, but the Lakers turned it out, bounced back with a win, and kept the number one offensive team in the West, the Utah Jazz, to under 100 points, which was a good feat there. They needed that. They're 22 and 22 going into that latter half of the season. And Gerard, it's not looking good right now because they're just a half a game from falling to the ninth seed at the midway point of the season here. What's going on in LA? Look, Jenna, it's what I tell you all the time, right? Like the Lakers roster is not good. Okay. Like, and yo, your man's LeBron, he gets an F minus for roster construction. Okay. He decided that old dudes who could maybe shoot were more important than perimeter defense. That's the Lakers' problem. Their defense is atrocious. That oh, blowout win against the Jazz, notwithstanding, they are terrible on that end of the floor. And it ain't even, look, there's that clip floating around. I don't know if you saw it, Jenna, 
where LeBron is the Nuggets game. And he's in between guarding his guy on the wing and close to the paint. And Jokic is, is man is on him. And Jokic throws a fake pass. And LeBron is literally just stuck in the middle and just is like, I don't know what to do. And when the, when the basket scored, he kind of just shakes his head like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Jenna, like. Fine. get it he's old all that but look man defensively you have to lead this unit you're the one who brought in russell westbrook malik monk trevor ariza right all these dudes who dwight howard like are, are they guarding are they defending carmelo anthony none of them dudes are defenders wayne wayne ellington like what are we doing here you know who you could use right now Alex Caruso would be a good addition to this team. Oh, you know who else would be pretty good? Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Ah, you know who else would be good? Kyle Kuzma might be a good player on this team. And Jenna, like, I just, this is the reality of it, right? LeBron is not doing, the roster doesn't fit. And so for everyone to blame Vogel, that's, that's the wrong way to go. Because your team had a defensive identity when you won the chip two years ago. You were the number one defense in the league, right? Last year, you were number three in the regular season until the injuries happened. So defense was your calling card. It ain't Vogel's fault. You got a roster that can't play D now. And of course, there's the Anthony Davis situation, which, look, he's injured. He needs to get back in healthy. That's what Laker fans want to say. Let me ask you a question, Lakers fans. I'm Jenna. I'm going to use you as the avatar for Lakers fans. You are banking your season on the return of Anthony Davis to being comes back. He's healthy. Once that happens, you're ready to roll. How confident are you on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most confident that he's going to come back and be healthy the rest of the way, not get injured all the way through a playoff run. How confident are you in that? To be honest with you right now, all jokes aside, I'm, I'm truly, even as a Lakers fan, taking myself out of the equation. I do not think that, he's going to unfortunately the the history speaks for itself i mean unfortunately he can't get through even a a quarter of a season without an injury and this is not good especially at his age super young big man and when you're relying on him for most of your defense right now they're 18th in the league in defense and 24th in offense this is atrocious and he was reevaluated on monday and vogel told reporters there's still no timeline but the mri looks clean xyz that doesn't really help us at all and we don't know when he's returning which means lebron james who just turned 37 like a minute ago uh is carrying the load granted he's putting up career high points but how long can this last again i know we talk about lebron james but kendrick nunn hasn't even played yet and he was supposed to be a huge pivotal piece to this entire retooled roster russell westbrook is in a shooting slump and when i say shooting slump I mean, his numbers have plummeted from last season. Keyword, I love the word plummeted today. <laughs> but anyway, it's not looking good. And we have Carmelo Anthony, who's been out. And again, I say this just because of all these shooters that they're supposed to have. But yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. looking good. This team has been ravaged with injury. And of course, we're in a second pandemic season. Um, it's just, it's... It's troubling at this point in the season. And Vogel is apparently on what? Um, he only had an additional season reportedly on the contract that the extension that he signed last September. So it's Jenna. looking like there's gonna be some switch up in LA. Jenna, you 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 see here's the thing. You can't fire players, right? It's much you know what the problem is? Ah, let's just get rid of the coach. That's our problem. The fall guy. It's like it's like when you got that old beater car, you know. 
and the brake pads are busted and like you need new brake pads, but, or you need the rotor cut and that's a little bit more money. So what do you do instead? Oh, let me just get some new tires. Yo, man, that ain't going to solve your problem. Tires aren't your issue. Okay. The roster is ill-fitting and needs to be better. The question is, will they be better? I highly, highly doubt it. Shut up. 538 Sports, which, as you know, does a whole lot of prediction and like uses models to figure out where teams are going to be. They predict the Lakers finishing with a 38 and 44 record. That is below 500. A 34% chance of making the playoffs. 34. So if you imagine that's what the case is, what do you think their chances are of even making the NBA Finals? 1%. I mean, like, really? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Their chances of winning the NBA Finals? 0.3%. Why do I say all that? I say that to say, hey, man, the reign of the king, folks, it just might be over. And I want to be clear about something. Look, he's still fantastic, putting up great numbers offensively. But at this stage, at this age, he would need a team and a group of players that are young enough and healthy enough to carry him through. Now, he made the bet that Anthony Davis was that guy. And to be fair, the Lakers won a championship already, Jenna. Two years ago, they won one. So the yeah. bet the bet paid off. This idea that, oh, you're just going to win like four or five. And all, what do you people think this is? That's not how this game works, okay? Like LeBron and these guys fool you into thinking, oh, yeah, you just win like a bunch of – no, 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 no. The fact that they got one already, deal done. It worked out and paid for itself. The chances of it happening again, highly unlikely. And I don't just see – I don't see it happening. Look, Lakers making the playoffs, I, that's not looking good right now. Right now they're a play-in team. And I mean, do you think they, as a playing team against any one of those other teams, like, I mean, look, those guys can even run for their money. And let's just say they get lucky and find their way into the playoffs. They're going to beat Phoenix, Golden State, Utah in a, in a seven game series. No. I don't think so. That would do more harm for my health than even making it. Like we should just, I don't know. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> But you know, we're figuring it out. This is what we do. We pick up the pieces and we keep it moving. All right. And speaking of that, let's keep it moving here because the moment you said the reign of the king was over, I, I started to get emotional and it wasn't good for my health again. So let's talk about America's favorite segment. Let's bring it back. What is up with? Is this our first what is up with of 2022? It is, Jenna. It is our first What is Up With of 2022. And I want to say, what is up with the Phoenix Suns? Jenna, they are quietly, Jenna, quietly playing the best basketball in the NBA right now. Everyone's talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, which, of course, you know I love my Grizzlies doing their thing up to third in the Western Conference. Everybody's talking about the Brooklyn Nets, KD, Kyrie, Milwaukee Bucks defending champions, Golden State Warriors, all Clay Thompson returning, all this hoopla. Hollering, hooting, hooting, hollering. You know who ain't getting hooting and hollered about? The Phoenix Suns. And Jenna, what are they? Oh, let me tell you. They are merely sitting as the best team in the NBA right now, right? They've got the best record. They are 34 and 9, number two in adjusted net rating, number five in adjusted offensive rating, number three in adjusted defensive rating. They are just rolling along, Jenna. Devin Booker at 43 the other night. The 538 model has the Suns as the second favorite to win the, the, the NBA championship with a 17% chance of winning the NBA finals and a 31% chance of making it right now. They think the Phoenix Suns will come out of the Western conference and Jenna, I can't say I disagree. 
I'm loving what I'm seeing from Phoenix right now. And we are not talking enough about the Suns. They want to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just some accident that got to the mm-hmm. final. And Chris Paul, the point guard, as someone who knows, I don't have many of these left, right? He's trying to get back there. And when you have guys who are beneath him, see, that that's that's sort of the difference, right? LeBron bet on AD. They won their title, right? But AD's not staying healthy. But the rest of that roster is old. Look at the Suns roster. Besides Chris Paul and, oh God, why is it? Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. Who are the old guys on that roster? No old guys. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, right? Like young dudes, Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson. These are the young dudes, right? That are helping them right now. Jalen Smith, like, ooh. Young dudes who are only getting better. And by the way, young dudes who already had a taste of the NBA Finals last season. Young dudes who had a taste of the NBA Finals last season who have Chris Paul educating them about the game in their ear. That's crucial to even the physical aspect of it, the mental aspect. And again, I mean, a lot of people thought that the Suns, I mean, again, they were... They were shitty for so long, sorry. But a a lot of people thought this would never happen. And now a lot of people thought that this kind of run would never happen. People, I feel like, judged it and thought it was like a one-and-done thing with Chris Paul that, oh, okay, he took them there now. He was washed before that, and he'll be washed again. You know how they like to play that game. But, again, the Phoenix Suns are rolling through second season in a row that they're proving that they are, right now, the best team in the NBA. So, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting stretch here in the last half. We we are a betting show, right? We, we know this. This is well, we're on a betting network, the Props yeah. Network. Um, and we have that that great deal with Prize Picks on. Mm-hmm. If you use our code Seven Footer, you get up to a hundred dollars of your first deposit matched. I'm going to let you all in on a little secret right now on how you can make some monies on a futures bet. So I just told y'all that the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the league. Five thirty eight has them modeled as. The number two team uh, in terms of percentage-wise odds of winning the title according to their models. Not about gambling. Mm-hmm. Who are the two betting favorites right now to win the NBA title? Still, the Brooklyn Nets at plus two fifty and the Golden State Warriors at plus four fifty. I just told you about the Phoenix Suns. You know what their odds are of winning the championship? Plus eight hundred, folks. Put a hundred bucks down on the Phoenix Suns to win the NBA Finals. And if you want to hedge your bet. Put another 100 down on the Milwaukee Bucks to win the title at plus 700. Those are the two teams right now, according to 538, that have the best chance of winning the title. Not betting odds, but based on how they calculate finishing the season, health of relative players, et cetera, et cetera. A rematch of last year. And Jenna, honestly, I can see a rematch of last year. I can easily see that. Because if Brooklyn isn't healthy, which we don't know, right? Who's going to beat Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis, um, and Giannis Antetokounmpo in a seven-game series in, in the Eastern Conference? Not, not Chicago, not Cleveland, not Miami. And if Brooklyn isn't healthy, they're not. And again, in the West, the Suns are phenomenal. You know I love my Grizzlies. I don't think they beat the Suns in a seven-game series. And as good as the Warriors are, when they go small, they usually play the big centers off the floor. They ain't playing Aiton off the floor. He's staying, and he's going to kill them on the interior. Look, all I'm saying, 
Good stuff out there. Good opportunity for you to make some money. Yeah. Keep your eyes on that. Plus 800 on the Suns, plus 700 on the Milwaukee Bucks. Shout out to uh, Props Network and make sure you guys go to Prize Picks. Use that code seven footer. You'll get that $100 matched. Look at your money, guys. Damn it. Listen to Gerard. There's few and far things in between. I, I say listen to Gerard about. Do that. Seven footer is the code, guys. Mm-hmm. Make sure you go get, get your money. Get your money. Uh, what's up with continues with my what's up with seeing mm-hmm. as we are very close to the February 10th trade deadline because I'm wondering what's up with John Wall. What's Ooh. going on with him? And he just reported that. He's unlikely to be Bahu. Technical difficulties, folks. Oh, there you are. You went away. So your your what's up is where's John Wall? I'm with yeah. you. What do the what do the Houston uh, Rockets do? The buyout they say is not coming, right? Which is kind of yeah. messed up. I mean, he wants to play. He's healthy enough, but they're not going to play him on the team. I mean, can a contender pick him up? Now, what Houston was that telling me is Houston's like, no, no, no. If you want him, you got to trade for him, and you got to give us stuff, right? GM Raphael Stone is like, no, 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 no. We know that some teams are going to want to figure out what they're doing. We'll see. Jenna, the interesting thing is that I think in this trade deadline, there are going to be a lot of buyers, but not a lot of sellers. I just talked to you about, earlier in the show, we talked about the Eastern Conference, how the top six teams are within two and a half uh, games of each other. Well, none of them are going to want to sell, right? They're firmly in the playoff mix. So what? What's what's the move there? And beneath them, right, you've got the Charlotte Hornets, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics. Yo, those teams are all above 500. And that's playing territory. And they feel like, hey, if we get on a little run here, we could do something. The Knicks, they're only six games. I mean, it's close. Again, no one, it isn't like the Western Conference where the teams that are at the bottom of the Lakers, Lakers got no shot at getting in the top three. That ain't happening, right? But in the in the East, it's it's a it's a log jam. So to me, there are going to be a lot of teams that want to make moves, but who's going to want to give up stuff, especially from teams that are, again, so close. Look at a team like Cleveland, right? In years past, that would be a team that someone like, ah, what can we pluck from Cleveland? Cleveland's like, you ain't plucking shit from us, <laughs> right? I mean, we're the number number three, number four team in the cup. No, we're ahead of schedule. Uh-uh. We're not getting rid of anything. So it, it's going to be tough. With, and we'll get to them, but ahead of schedule with so many – losses this season in players like Colin Sexton and then Ricky Rubio. So, hey, probably. Yeah, but here's the thing. It might have been addition by subtraction, not so much the Rubio piece, but the Sexton thing. The Sexton-Garland backcourt was always a little bit of a weird, awkward fit, right, Jenna? But yeah, now, Darius Garland's got that. He's running the show now, right? And you got Evan Mobley, who is playing incredible as a rookie. Jared Allen, like, I mean, Okoro, like, they're doing something. Kevin Love off the bench. Like, this is a solid, solid team, man. And they, you know what they can do, Jenna. And this is the thing that is important. It's going to matter come playoff time. They can guard. They are the number two team in adjusted defensive rating in the NBA. They can guard their asses off. And that matters, right? So, look, I don't think Cleveland's going to necessarily win their first-round playoff matchup. But they're going to make it dif- more difficult than whoever's playing them wants it to be. And that's going to be, this is very good for them. Because as I mentioned, they're ahead of schedule, right? So making the playoffs this season, this is ahead of schedule for them. Kudos to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Heck yes. And uh, 
last note on John Wall. He's got two years left on his uh, mm-hmm. $91.7 mm-hmm. million dollar contract. He's got a player option on that second uh, uh, yeah. second year. So that's the thing. Who's, who's, who's got the money to move to make that contract match up? And then, and not only that, is giving Houston something they want. Exactly. Exactly. And again, he's not the player he was, you know, in Washington, but I mean, he averaged what? I think it was like 20 points last season. Uh, I saw like 6.9 assists. He could be, he could be helpful somewhere, but again, how do you make it work? Yeah, exactly. So we shall see again, guys, the trade deadline is creeping up February 10th. So, you know, we are going to have so much in store for you guys. Anything else on your, uh, what's up menu today? No, that's it today. Just the Phoenix Suns, John Wall. We're good enough mm-hmm. on that. All right, all right. Let's go to top five. Guys, we have been Im- implementing this new little top five skip for you guys, letting you guys know, you know, who's ruling the league right now in our top five teams, essentially. So we've already dropped a few names and a few teams up in the episode already, 20-some minutes in here. 33, actually, because we are on a roll. So give me give me a little bit of your, uh, your top five, Gerard. What's your number five? My number five team, we just talked about them, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they are legit, okay? Like, again, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and and, uh, Darius Garland, and I mean, it's just – and Darius Garland, by the way, should be an all-star this year. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the Cavaliers should probably have two all-stars. They probably won't, but they should. And their two all-stars should be Garland and uh, Jared Allen. They've been – They've been lights out, and look, you got to give Cleveland props and give JB Bickerstaff, uh, head coach, what what a job he's done, and GM Colby Altman turning that franchise around. Um, you know, when LeBron left and they were devoid of talent, everybody's like, "Oh, Cleveland's gonna suck for the next billion years," and it's like, "No, no, no!" Look, just a few years in, and they are they got talent, they got clean cap sheet. Listen, man, good things happening in Cleveland. All right, who's your number five team? I mean, I was already throwing Cleveland in there, so I'll throw them in the five spot. Makes it us and just piggyback off of that quick because adding to all of the things that you said good for Cleveland for turning it around in such a detrimental LeBron uh exit because again like you said that a player of his caliber of course could really ruin a franchise for a few years and it hasn't they've picked up the pieces they've moved on and especially all the drama that they had with Kevin Love in the summer when he dropped out of the Olympics, kind of had that little like on court scuffle, threw the ball away, all that. We don't need to talk about it. Kevin's a good guy. But glad for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've turned things around and they continue to impress me. Again, they're not going to make a title run, but hey, much better position that they're in than I thought they were going to be in. So kudos to Cleveland. Uh, maybe I should have talked so much shit about All Star. <laughs> so. All yes. right, number four. No, 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 number four for me, the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, you know, I love my Grizzly Cubs. They are number three in the East in the Western Conference right now. Sixth in adjusted net rating, sixth in adjusted offensive rating, twelfth in adjusted defensive rating. Jared Allen, I'm Jared Allen. Um, John Morant is doing his thing over there, moving his way into. Not only will he be an All Star, he might be a starter on the All Star team this year. He's uh-huh. moving his way into the MVP conversation and Triple J. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been a defensive menace. Another game with multiple blocks. I mean, he's just been everywhere. Desmond Bain, uh, DeAnthony Melton, Steven Adams, everybody is just playing. Brandon Clark, this team is just, they're young, they're fun, they don't give up, right? Like, they're just out here having, they love it. They remind me of OKC back in the day 
when it was baby baby KD, Harden, and Russ like showing up the games with their backpacks on. Like, Memories. listen, they're 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 having a great time. So Memphis Grizzlies number four. Who's your four team? Oh, I love that. My four team is the Jazz. I say this because they're contending in the West, but they have the number one offense. That is incredible, especially when you're going up against the Warriors and scoring juggernauts like Devin Booker and the Suns. And I just think that they've they've been keeping afloat, but they need this offensive surge to keep up to make that playoff run. And when I say that playoff run, I mean, let's just get to the second round. Damn it. But bigger <laughs> questions will be coming around later in the season when we eventually have the conversation of is Donovan Mitchell enough? But we'll hold it right there because that it's a little premature. Oh, yeah, but yeah, Jazz. yeah. All right, Jazz is your four. Uh, my number three team, the Jazz have fallen out of my top five, so they're not in there. My number three team, we're going on to South Beach, baby, the Miami Heat. Look, <laughs> what what Eric Spolstra has done down there is nothing short of incredible. They're number five in adjusted net rating, number four in adjusted offensive rating, number seven in adjusted defensive rating. Um, and they are right there within sniffing distance of that top spot in, in the Eastern Conference. And they did that with Bam missing pretty much half of the first half of the season and Jimmy missing about a quarter of it. Like they're getting contributions from all kinds of guys, their, their development, the Martin Twins. Uh, Omar Yusturvin. Like, I mean, so many players are just stepping up for this team. Tyler Hero might be sixth man of the year. Like, look, they're they're doing the Kyle Lowry acquisition, of course. Look, they're playing good ball, man. And we know that Spolstra and the Heat, they're going to play tough. They're going to play hard. And he will scheme and figure out how to take away your best things and make you something you don't want to go. And look, this team, they're all bought in. It's a culture down there. Hashtag Heat culture. We talk about all the time. But yeah, Miami Heat, third. All right, who's your number three team? Miami Heat. And that is because of the impressive performances that I'm seeing from Tyler Hero off the bench, as you mentioned, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a role that is for him. If he is not, and again, I know Dwayne Wade is, you know, prioritized with the Jazz, but if he is not at least having a conversation with Dwayne Wade about that role specifically in Miami, I would be very, very, very surprised. The muscle mass that he's put on in the offseason, plus the numbers that he's putting up, I mean, it's incredible. He could have easily gone through a slump this season, but he hasn't. And the Heat, this is no surprise to me, but compared to how they started the season, they're back, they're contending, and they're having fun, more importantly. And we're getting a lens of that through Jimmy Butler on Instagram. If you haven't checked it out, go. (laughs) post pictures randomly of all of his teammates, you know. I think he posted a picture of, like, uh, PJ Tucker's eye the other day. Oh, he was yeah, like, yeah. I adore this man or something. I was like, you are weird. And PJ Tucker commented on it and was like, if people don't know how messed up you are, dude, like they know. Yeah. But, but Butler's like a weirdo, that. but they're, but, but that works, right? They're enjoying their time yeah. down there. Everybody is just doing their thing. Uh, number two team for me, no surprise, Golden State Warriors. They're in a bit of a funk, right? But look, yeah. still the second best, still the second best record. Uh, Steph, Steph and Draymond, uh, keep your eye on that, right? Draymond's still out another two weeks with the calf injury. Yep. Um, that's something to keep an eye on because Draymond not only helps them defensively, as everybody knows, but offensively. Yes, it doesn't show up in the stat sheet with points, rebounds, and assists. But the way he moves the offense in terms of getting guys in the right place, cutting, screening, the difference is it gets that offense moving and flowing, the hockey assists. Those things matter, and it's hurting the Warriors' offense with him being out. Uh, of course, Clay is back, something to monitor as well there but the Warriors are my number two team. Who's number two for you? 
My number two team is the Bucks. I mean, they're continuously being that you mentioned this mm-hmm. about the Suns, but for me, they are that silent team that is contending and really staying up there. I mean, right now they're the fifth seed, but I mean, look how close this is. Nets, Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's anyone's it's anyone's yeah. the game. game at this yeah. point. So yeah. and there's that like little drop that they have with the Sixers, but I mean they yeah. they need to figure their ish out. But anyway, Bucks, <laughs> still silently contending. Like they can make a, a extreme title run and nobody is paying attention to them, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, the, the the Bucks are playing well. The the Brook Lopez injury, of course, uh, looms big for them still. But Giannis playing centers mm-hmm. is obviously working out well. Um, you know the reason why, and the Drew Holiday being out also hurts them. The reason why the Bucks aren't in my top five is not because I don't think they'll ultimately be I'm there. I just I just sang their praises uh, in the segment before. The Bucks are kind of playing with their food a little bit right now, right? Like mm-hmm. they're getting up for the big games, right? So when the Warriors come to town, blow them out. Went to Brooklyn, blew out the Nets. But the big teams are kind of getting up for it. But then when other teams are coming and they're kind of playing with their food, right? It's like, oh, we lose two in a row to the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, like, right? And it's it's and that's not necessarily a bad thing or a worrisome sign, but that's the only reason why I, I haven't put them up there is because they're not attacking the regular season in the same way. But look, that works for them because maybe they know. We've done that before, attack the regular season, and it hurts us come postseason. We know what we got to do come postseason. And let's remember, they are the defending champs. All right, for me, number one, no surprise. I'm not going to belabor this. Phoenix Suns, best record in the league. Talked about Chris Paul, all the other players. I mean, they're phenomenal. Phoenix Suns, man, nothing else to say. Big facts, retweet. Let's talk about it. Actually, not really because we did so much. But the Suns are really great. I mean, hey, talk about a turnaround there from, you know, being patient about building something somewhere and really trusting in Chris Paul when, hey, a lot of people doubted the guy. So, We'll see. I mean, whatever he's got left in the in the tank, it's working in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them. And you guys know we got to keep you informed always with some news and notes. Like I keep repeating, the trade deadline is coming up quick. We got an uh, all-star break coming up. So let's discuss Miles Turner out mm-hmm. through the trade deadline with a foot injury. Mm-hmm. This is super unfortunate because he – was playing very well and making a case for himself. I feel like he's the kind of guy that we always just keep as an afterthought. And I hate that. And now this even sucks more. Yeah. It's going to be hard to move him now, Jenna, right? Because with the stress fracture, the stress reaction, excuse me, not fracture, stress reaction in his foot. Mm -hmm. It's, it's worrisome, right? So a team that's trading for him, you got to make sure the medical checks out and you don't think it'll be a long-term thing because anybody who wants to trade from Miles Turner right now is because they want him to help in their postseason run. Right. But with him being out through the, the trade deadline, that makes things a little more murky. Now, if it's the prognosis is he's going to be perfectly healthy, no problem, we're good to go. But, you know, if, if it's something more than that, that's something that bears watching. So just keep an eye on that, uh, folks. Yes, uh, that should be interesting. And again, going to be hard to move him, but hopefully he can bounce back and uh, land somewhere that he can be mostly productive like he was before this. Oh, so- for sure. Jenna, this is my favorite part of the show, this last piece of news and notes, mainly because it's a Grizzlies thing. And I love that you love your Grizzlies. Team social media accounts, as you know, Jenna, they're savage, right? Like they they bug out on here. And I have to just show the picture because it's just so it's just so wild, right? Like these people, like, so of course, we all know the 
the Grizzlies blew out the Chicago Bulls the other night. Mm-hmm. And the Memphis Grizzlies Twitter account, official Twitter account, posted a picture of Chicago's own Chance the Rapper with a hat. But instead of that famous hat with the number three that Chance wears, it has an L on it. And the caption of the tweet reads, this is your part, nobody else speak at Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Jenna, I was just dying. I was like, yo, this is so wild. Savage. Savage. And the, 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 the reason why, did, did you, by the way, did you guys see it? Did you see it, Jenna? The actual we, picture? Yeah. 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 Like, I just like, like, look, 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 look at this, folks. This is just, it's so good. It's so good. Like, the idea that, first of all, everybody knows what that line's from, right? It's from Chance's verse on Kanye West's ultralight beam, right? Where, mm-hmm. where Chance says, this is my part, nobody else speak, right? <laughs> For them to throw that back at him. It's just, it's just peak petty, right? And it's just, but hey, we are here for this, Jetta, right? Like, this is fantastic. I'm here. I'm here for all the petty. I'm here for the petty to an appropriate petty level. Like, this, this is funny. This is great. But, um, yeah, kudos to the Grizzly staff who thought of this, who posted the tweet, social media person. I know that they're behind the scenes a lot. They don't get a lot of credit, but this is your credit because that was good. And for you to impress Gerard, mm, kudos. <laughs> this, is my, this is my part. Nobody else speak. I mean, what? good it's so good Jenna. well folks as always you know where to find us apple podcast spotify youtube of course we are part of the props network um you can find us all over there as well at seven first pod on twitter at some first podcast on instagram at js hector at Jenna lemon Selly. and look man it's it's go time out here right it's it's crazy where we are more than halfway through the season so everybody uh you know pay attention and uh stay stay tuned to us because we're going to be keeping track of all this All-Star break coming up in about a few weeks. By the time All-Star break gets here, Jenna, we'll be two-thirds of the way through the season. Then it's the home stretch, right? Then we're getting ready for the playoffs. Hoping hoping guys are healthy, right? That's the biggest thing. Our team's going to be healthy. Who? Listen, we know this. Whichever is the most healthy team come playoffs, that's just winning. Period. End of story. Period. Now they don't have to focus on any other teams in the playoffs. <laughs> um... We, 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 dropping, we, we, we dropping a little subtle shade somewhere? Just a little subtle shade, a little, little tough love at my Giants. Uh, <laughs> Listen, yeah. we, we are a basketball show, but I will say that team is a dumpster fire, and they need a complete teardown and rebuild. Complete teardown and rebuild. We're from working every on it. We're trying to find a new coach. We're trying to find a new coach. You need a new GM. You need a new everything. But, you know, that's football. We ain't got time for that. Anyway, folks, as always, until next time. Peace. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10 came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, yeah we pull up on the scene See my life is a movie pull-